Shabbos Dav Kupchov Gimel. Today's email comes to us from Harry Shalom, Los Angeles. He says his grandfather was 95 years old, just tested positive for COVID, he needs a refuel Shlema. Avram Ben Esther, big tzaddik, a person who for 75 years did not see his wife's hair, was always the first one in Shul at Vasikin, refuel Shlema. We're an amazing sugi of Mukta. We said that according to Rabbah, a klisha melachdila iser designed to do a melacha that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. You're allowed, such as a hammer. You're allowed to use that hammer if you have a melacha that's mutter, like to crack open a, a nut. Letzorich gufay. The question is, why is a mortar and pestle, which is designed to crush vegetables, that's a klisha melachdila iser? If so, it should be permitted to move letzorich gufay if you want to use it for a permitted melacha. And the halacha is, according to the Braisa, it's only permitted if you have garlic in it. You're carrying it for the garlic. The Gemara says that goes according to Nehemiah, who's more strict when it comes to Klishim Lachalisser, and says you're only allowed to carry a Kli for its design purpose. And this is not the design purpose for a hammer, let's say. Basila agreed to Beishamai that Ayantif, you are allowed to crush, according to Basila, meat with a pestle, but you're not allowed to carry it for no reason. And we must say that the Pshad is that. An, there's a new muksa called chisarinkis. Muksa machan chisarinkis means that if you have a kli that has a designated place for it, and you don't allow people to use it, typically, you're concerned that it'll get nicked. That's muksa machan chisarinkis. That's even more chomer than klishim lachdal iser, such as a spindle for a weaver, a mallet, a clothes press. Rabbi Yechonon says that our mission is talking about a goldsmith's hammer. And Rav Shemin says, our Mishnah is talking about a hammer for a basam, that's a person that makes perfume. He's more strict because a perfume hammer, you don't want it to get dirty because that's not good for the perfume. Very interesting, Allah. If you have food, such as a fig that's underneath muktzah, hay, or let's say you have a cake that's covered by extinguished coals, which are muktzah. One man armor says the only way you could take that out is if it's sticking out a little bit, you grab it by the mutter, you pull it out, and the coals fall to the wayside. Another man says, no, you can actually poke it with a stick or something and pull it out. The fact that the coals, the hay, fall to the side, that's tiltul min hatzad. Rav Nachman says, in fact, that is the halacha. The problem is that Rav Nachman once said that if you have a radish in the ground, you're allowed to pull it out if it's not attached to the ground, provided that it doesn't move the dirt. But if it's upside down, for instance, and you pull it out and all the dirt moves, you're not allowed to. We have to say that Rav Nachman took that back. Rav Yosef says, from the fact that you could take out a splinter from your finger with a needle, needle, you don't need the eye of the needle. The fact is that by Tuma, if a needle doesn't have an eye, it's not Tummy at all. It's That needle becomes a non-Kli, and the Tuma dissipates. Abayi says there's a difference between Tuma and Shabbos. By Tuma it says, Kli Masa. It has to be a Kli from top to bottom, it has to be complete Kli. Rava says, I don't understand. If it's not considered halachically a kli, when it comes to Tumah, then halachically it shouldn't be a kli by Shabbos. The problem is, there's a b'risa that says exact opposite of Rava. It says, there's a big difference between Tumah and Shabbos when it comes to a needle. If it doesn't have an eye, it's not a kli for Tumah, and it is a kli for Shabbos. So Abaya comes to Rava's rescue and says, perhaps the pshat is, yes it doesn't have an eye, but it's prefab, it's before the person had a chance to put the eye into the needle. But let's say the needle had an eye and it broke off, that's much worse. Then he already designates it for the recycling bin and it loses its Kli designation and the tumor falls off and it's not a Kli for Shabbos either. To straighten out a baby's limbs on Shabbos is a machlekes. According to Rav Shimon, it's mutter. There's no fixing a body 
on Shabbos. It's not like a kli that you fix misakimona. According to Rav Nachman, it's also just like you're not allowed to take medicine to induce vomit because that fixes the body. So too, you're not allowed to straighten out the, the baby's limbs. Says Rav Shimon, what's the connection? Tindus vomit is that's not the derech to do so to straighten out the baby's limbs. That's very much a derech. In fact, I have a raya. It says in the Mishnah you're allowed to take out a, a splinter from your finger, and that's fixing the body. Rav Nachman says that's different. Taking out a splinter is pocket. The splinter is right there on the surface, ready to be removed. Whereas the baby's limbs need a lot of work. Says the Mishnah, if you have a stick to stir the olives in a vat, sometimes it's makabel tumah, sometimes not, depending. If that stick has a knot where it's a base keyboard, it becomes like a cup, you could put the stick into the juice and see if there's enough oil in it, is it ready to go to the press, then it's a kli, it's makabel tumah. Otherwise, it's pshutikliyates. It's just a simple piece of wood that's not mekabal tumah. Says the Mishnah that according to Rabbi Yossi, all kalim are not mukta besides those that are mukta machmas chesarin kis. He gives two examples: a very large saw and the blade of a plow. These are things that you don't typically lend out to other people. You're careful with it that you shouldn't get nicked. The Gemara gives other examples, like a launderer's riddle, that's a piece of metal that has a bunch of holes that you do laundry with, a tanner's knife, a butcher knife, and a special tool for carpenters. Once upon a time, there was no mukta. Everything was muttered to touch. But Chacham saw that people were being relaxed and they were being Michal Shabbos. Comes along Nechemya ben Chachalya, and he says, everything is usher to touch. Besides three kalim. And that is a small knife, a knife to cut fig cake and a ladle. But then at different stages, when they saw that people started becoming careful, they added more and more until everything became mutter besides what Rabbi brings in the Mishnah, a large saw and the blade of a plow, What exactly did they add and how did they add it? What we have is what they added on the four stages. And Abai says one thing and Rava adds one more stage. Rav is always one step ahead of Abaya. Abaya says the first stage was, they said that anything that's a klishim alachtri leheter, you could use letzorich gufay for its, for a function, but not for its place. And Rav says there's no such thing. So gufay and mekami go together. So if they were matter, they were matter both. Then says Abaya, they said, okay, they allowed even letzorich mekami. Says Rav, they allowed that the first time around. What they allowed, one more step. They allowed you to save it from getting ruined in the sun. You could put it into the shade. Says Abai, third stage was, they said, a like a hammer, you could use if you have a malacha to crack open and up. But only the tsarich gufay, but not mekoymai. Says Rava, tsarich gufay and go together. So they allowed both. But they only allowed you to carry it with one hand if it was very light. So in the fourth stage, says Abai, they allowed you to carry it with two hands. Says Rava, they allowed even two people to carry it. The b'risa that says that a meducha, the mortar and pestle, is mukta. So according to Abaya, it makes sense. It was mukta because he wanted to move it to Tzorich According to Rav, you have to say, he wanted to move it, mechamel itself, into the shade. Have a wonderful day.